Today's program was brought to you by Union Beer. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. I'm Dave Arnold, host of Cooking Issues. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit heritageradionetwork.org for thousands more. Hey, 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 welcome to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. It's April 12, 2016. I'm Jimmy Carboni from Jimmy's Number 43 in the Good Beer Seal. We've got a great show tonight. We've got some new brewers, the guys from Kings County Brewers Collective in Brooklyn, and some established guys, uh, Sam Hendler and Tim from Jack's Abbey in Massachusetts. It's a pretty special show. Anne, how are you? Yeah, I'm great. I'm excited for this show. Jack's Abbey's in New York now, finally. And you know, we, pl- we plan to have KCBC on for a while because they're opening up soon in uh in Brooklyn, and then the other day, Justin said that uh, Sam was down from Jack's Abbey, and and, and they're launching in uh, in New York. So, uh, so let's t- tell us what's going on, Sam. We we love Jack's Abbey, and it's uh, one of our favorite beers from Massachusetts. So, you guys are just coming into the New York City market. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Yeah, we're uh, we're just launching in New York City. We've we did an event last week. We have a couple this week. And uh, full launch of draft will start next Monday. So. All right, and Tim, you're you're the rep for uh, Jack's Abbey. I am indeed. All right, and uh, w- what's your experience like starting off in New York City? Uh, it's been a uh, pretty pretty busy to start. I started in uh, September of last year. I worked for another brewery, and um, now starting with these guys, it's been a month so far, and um, just doing a lot of pre-selling. And I'm very excited to actually be selling some beer next week. That's great. <laughs> and I, I, I think you've met these guys already too, haven't you? Yeah, and you know, um, one of the events you guys did was la- uh, last week was at the Blind Tiger, and it was great because I came in the day after and got to just very calmly taste <laughs> almost everything on the wall, and, and you know, it's impressive. Not a lot of people do lagers. And, um, you know, obviously it's all you guys do. And they were just really good. Thank well you. Done. Yeah, I think the the biggest difference is a lot of people do do lagers, but typically it's, you know, we have our token Pilsner. Or we have our token, well, generally Pilsner. And <laughs> we, we want to bring a lot of the spirit that you see all over craft breweries all over this country. You know, we don't care about styles. No, no craft brewer does. It seems generally, and we want to bring that spirit to loggers. Let's do crazy things with loggers. Sometimes let's make hoppy loggers. Let's let's have some fun with it. That's awesome, man. We're gonna have a great show together. And the guys, the new guys on the block, mm-hmm. Kings County Brewers Collective. Guys, introduce yourselves because you're all uh, to me some of my favorite New York City brewers. Hey, I'm Pete Langell, and I'm Tony Bellis, and I'm Zach Kinney. And we're going to have a great story with you guys tonight. But, but first, let's sum it up. You guys were award-winning home brewers, all of you. Right? Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, at various times, you know, the Zach here. So we, um, I think it all happened a little bit, uh, a little bit differently, but um, at a similar common thread, which is we all kind of started brewing when we got to New York. None of us are originally from here and decided, all right, we're in this city with no space. Let's make beer because we have, you know, this hobby that's going to take up all that space. Um, and it's a great community here. And uh, we all really, I think, uh, got the bug and felt like, you know what the city needs is more breweries, and um, you, you know what else? It's really, really hard to do that in New York City. That's why there aren't very many. So, you know, long story short, we all decided to uh, join forces and uh, create the uh, KCBC, you know, the Brewers Collective together. All right, and when are you guys going to be open? 
Um, you know, soon. Uh, it's, we're, we're in the last kind of throes of construction right now, um, and uh, Brewhouse should be online in May and looking to have beer in the tanks and you know, in your glasses this summer. So, All right. Well, let's, let's taste the beer in hand. So, Sam, Jack's Abbey, House Lager. It's a nice lager. What do you guys think, gentlemen? Love it. Yeah. yeah. Nice Great. So wh- why did you guys decide to uh, specialize in lagers? Yeah, so um, there's a lot of parts to that. One is it's just the beer we love to drink. Um, but there definitely is a component of it that, you know, they're – breweries opening every day they're literally every day it seems like and uh not many of them as far as we know we are the only ones who are brewing exclusively a wide variety of lagers and to have that point of differentiation is is a great thing it's you know it's something that we're doing we're doing pretty much by ourselves and there aren't many things in the craft beer world left that you can say you're one of the few people doing this. Well, your backstory is pretty interesting. So, so your, your brother Jack is, is really the brewer. Yep, my brother Jack is the brewer. Um, and where, where did he study? Because I feel like he's, he's got some German connection in there. Yeah, he did the, uh, the Siebel Domen's uh, brewing technology course. Um, so he did a couple months of school in Chicago at Siebel. And then he went over to Domen's in Munich and did some classes there as well. So do you think did that influence him and that he's, he's focused on making lagers? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, he he fell in love with great German brewers in Munich. Uh, it's pretty hard not to if you spend some time in Munich. And uh, it's it's a lot of that, that culture that we want to bring to drinking our beer. We want really approachable and crushable beer but still really fantastic beer complex beer fantastic beer yeah it's nice that you're launching right before the Reinheitsgebot uh, 500th anniversary right so there's all these German events going on throughout the city and this is a good time to have a new lager brewery yeah how do you guys feel about that the Reinheitsgebot German purity law which sounds really kind of could be racist or something but (laughs) we know it applies to beer gentlemen yeah, I mean, there are a lot of mixed feelings about it. It's, uh, you know, there's a beauty in the simplicity of it. Um, you know, we don't claim to brew to Reinheitsgebot. Um, we use techniques and we use uh, products that don't just fit into those categories. I mean, the people think of it as four ingredients. When it was originally written, it was three ingredients. Right. It was water malt and hops they forgot yeast because they didn't know it existed when they wrote it Um, so so, they're already breaking it yeah modern brewing we have certain things we we correct for ph in our mash we use ingredients that aren't uh approved by ryan heitzkabut but we really feel like you know we can kind of move beyond that if we're we're staying to in our mind we're staying to the in a lot of our German style beers, anyway, we're staying to the the uh, the feeling of the law, if not the letter of the law. And at at Blind Tiger, uh, how many different Jack's Abbey beers did you get to try last week? There was a lot. I think. What did you guys do? Twenty. I think it was twenty or twenty-one on tap. Yeah, twenty oh, to twenty-one. Yeah. Tony, talking to the mic. <laughs> and then and it's everything. You know, it's like this was one of the most impressive. The house lager, just a really clean, really flavorful Hellas. But you know, you've got the mole barrel aged Baltic port. I mean, it ranged from you know the simplest to the most 
unique and interesting. So it's cool. It's a good lineup. So you make a porter, too. Yeah, Baltic porter. So Baltic porter, kind of odd style in that while porter would be brewed with an ale yeast, Baltic porter actually more traditionally would be brewed with a lager yeast. Um, so, yeah, we do a Baltic porter, a 10% ABV black lager. Um, and the the we also do a barrel-aged version of it, which we're actually just releasing this year's barrel-aged version at the brewery this week. Um, which ends up at about 13%, and we do a couple variants, including mole, maybe my favorite, with cinnamon and four chili peppers in it. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, does this yeah, affect nice. the price? Or I mean, this might be a silly question, but you know, price or production space, or, or are there any downfalls to doing specifically lagers if you're not a huge brewery? Uh, I mean, it kills your capacity. It's really, really brutal. We, uh, you know, we're, our average turn time is around the month on a tank. Um, house lager is actually five weeks, which really hurts because that's becoming our number one volume brand really quickly. Um, so we essentially, you know, the brew house, it's the same. If you want to make X number of barrels, you need X size of brew house. You need to brew Y number of times. Uh, for the fermentation side, though, we essentially need approximately double the fermentation space of a typical uh, ale-focused f- craft brewery, which would typically, obviously it depends, turn over a batch in two weeks, maybe 20 days on the high end. Um, but it allows us to do some really cool things. All of our beer is naturally carbonated, uh, so we don't force carbonate any of our beer at the brewery anymore. Even in the keg? Uh, so it's naturally carbonated in the tanks. We use a traditional German technique called spunding, mm-hmm. where we actually pressurize the tank at the tail end of fermentation and allow that end of fermentation to carbonate the batch. Now, what these guys, Casey, BC guys, Pete, get closer too. So tell us what spunting is from. Do you know what spunting is? Spunting is kind of it's kind of like bottle conditioning a beer. You're maintaining when you get down to the last couple degrees Play-Doh, you you seal the fermenter like Max just said. You build pressure in there and it keeps the CO2 in the beer instead of letting it escape. So it's naturally carbonated beer. Germans do it because it's Reinheitsgebot. Or they capture the CO2, purify it, and then put it back in. But they can't take purified CO2 taken from the atmosphere and put it into a beer. So, so, so Pete, you, you and Zach, you guys both uh, studied at the American Brewers Guild, right? Yeah, and Tony as well. All three of Antonio. us did. Tell us what that program's like and, and some of the things that you've learned from it. Um, it's a, what, a six- or seven-month um, intensive uh, brewing science program. So, I mean, it's... It's nuts to bolts, um, you know, everything you could want to know about the science of brewing, um, you know, from everything from ingredient selection to um, how to fix a pump, <laughs> you know, and it really like, you know, it's, it's kind of everything you would, you would need to know to work in a brewery and brew beer. Yeah, malting, uh, yeah, carbonating a beer, just all the stuff that's a little different when you step up to pro brewing from home brewing and stuff. But even stuff you don't need to know to make beer, like the malting was, for me, pretty interesting. Yeah, Steve Parks is the guy who runs it up in Vermont. He's got a, a brewery up there. Um, great brewer, great teacher, has all kinds of guest lectures from, from again, all over the world who um, also kind of teach teach specific courses. And um, I was just up there in Vermont visiting him the other day. Um, you know, he's kicking ass, making some great beers, and still just a really all-around great guy. 
So as a, uh, Sam's brother Jack went to Siebel. What do you guys know about Siebel? Because that's that's been around for a while. One of the more it's like the evil evil school of evil people <laughs> who are evil. <laughs> no, I think I mean Siebel American Brewers Guild, um, UC Davis program. I think those have kind of been the three, you know, big players in the U.S brewing scene um now amazingly there's all these brewing schools opening up as the craft beer industry has been blowing up um there's more and more people wanting to study it and make it a profession i you know the waiting list for instance at american brewers guild was multiple years to take the brewing course um and i think it still is um you know so now there's all these other schools coming online and it's really cool i mean there's now um people graduating from high school deciding to go to brewing school even though some of them are still a few years away from actually legally being able to drink <laughs> but um you know are now going and studying brewing science and looking at this as a profession i never saw it as a possible profession i used to go to brooklyn brewery all the time and go god this this is so cool but it took me years to actually like really you know decide oh wait a minute i i could also quit my job and go to brewing school and make a career change so yeah and they're, they're pulling up you know Brewing pro- like programs in culinary schools, like CIA yeah. just launched yeah. that. Yeah. You know, there's so many different aspects of the business, not just brewing. Oh yeah, which is it's great. Yeah, yeah. no, and then you know, at least at least there are you know with with the proliferation of these programs again, more brewers are learning more um, how to make really good beer, and quality is obviously critical right now. Well, talk about what's in the glass, uh, Sam. Tell us about this one, the Hoponius Union. Yeah, so you're so making lagers, but you're making IPLs. Hoponius Union IPL. This is. You know, one of our flagship beers, it's our number one seller currently. Uh, it's the third beer we ever brewed, and it was really this beer that, um, you know, the day we opened, we didn't think we'd only brew lagers. And when we released this beer, there was a really strong reaction to it in the Boston beer scene, and kind of people wondering what the heck we were doing. Um, and this that reaction is really what pushed us farther towards saying, you know what, let's really do this. Do it all the way. It's also really good. So. What do you guys, well, you guys, <laughs> you're, the, you're like the New York scene, you guys, and you're also like started out award-winning home brewers and you've worked in a lot of breweries. What do you, What's your take on a lager-only brewery? I mean, I... It's ballsy, I've, man. It's really ballsy. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I discovered these guys when they opened. My, my wife's family lives in the town right next door to Framingham. Med, she, she grew up in Medway, Massachusetts, and kind of discovered Jack's Abbey by accident just because we were like, hey, there's a brewery around here. And, um, yeah, I thought it was ballsy. I mean, just knowing from a brewing production standpoint, um, like Sam's talking about, to be able to make only lagers, you know, time-wise and space-wise is a huge undertaking. You know, la- last summer, the best beer I had, it was made by Travis at Folk's Beer, Justin's buddy, and it was his special. He made it one batch only of a Pilsner mm-hmm. that rocked, and he said it, it killed me. He said hey, just holding that, that <laughs> oh, yeah. beer w- was something he couldn't replicate, but I was like, that's the beer you should make. So maybe you guys are, are onto something. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I hope, I hope so. so. <laughs> hope so. <laughs> there's some there's some there's some reputable lager breweries in the US that have been around for a while that seem to be doing away okay for themselves. So, you know, it seems like it could work. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I could smell this across from across the room as soon as we opened it. Mm-hmm. It's that dry hop. Really yeah, nice. dry hopped with Citra and Centennial. Mm-hmm. Um obviously Citra is kind of like cheating, but um it Cheer it off. makes a beautiful beer. It still has that clean, crisp lager finish, but uh yeah, you get all the nice tropical. You, you know who's the most like. excited person to be here? Mr. Zach Kinney. I love beer. I love Casey beer. Casey BC. <laughs> and we're going to come back and talk more about with these guys in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right. Right on. Yeah. 
And the song's called French Entrance by Teeth People. We'll be right back. L. Knife and Son acquired Union Beer Distributors, which was originally located on Union Avenue in Brooklyn, but has since expanded to its present location alongside the English Kills Canal in Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Union Beer has grown dramatically in the last decade as the primary distributor of Anheuser-Busch products for Kings County, Brooklyn, through the hiring and development of the best people in the industry. In 2003, Union Beer acquired a powerful catalog of specialty brands, which immediately positioned them as the craft beer supplier to accounts in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, and Staten Island. Union perpetually tweaks their portfolio to maintain the highest level of stylistic breadth with the most coveted brands available. Through the highest possible level of service, outstanding salesmanship of the ultimate lineup of brands, and a paramount focus on education on all levels, Union Beer has solidified its position as the only source for the best selection of beers in the 14 counties of southeastern New York. For more information, visit greatbrewers.com. Hey, welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. We've got Mr. Jack Inslee in the studio today. Welcome back, Jack. Our like super like executive producer, engineer, the guy that's made this whole Heritage Radio Network happen. And check it out on Friday if you're in New York City between 4 and 7 in the East Village at Root and Bone. You can go and support Heritage Radio Network. It's a chicken biscuit party. For five Whoa, bucks, you can kind of taste some chicken biscuits. Is that what is that what it is, Jack? Is there anything else going yeah, on? Yeah, it's a free admission, and it's a, a fried chicken biscuit throwdown. So they're like two competing chef teams, and it's five dollars per chicken biscuit. But if you're in it's it's on East Third Street near Avenue B, yeah. Root and Bone, Root and Bone, you got it. Important Heritage Radio Network. I'm going to be there. I Sounds like biscuits, awesome. you know. I might be there too. Yeah, everybody's excited <laughs> now, right? <laughs> and uh, I guess we will have to drink beer at Jimmy's number 43 afterwards. There you, know, you right? go. Yep. Oh, of course. So we got we got some great brewers in the room. We we, we got uh, the guys from Jack's Abbey, Mr. Sam himself, and the, the new cool guys that are just about to open Kings County Brewery Collective here in uh, Brooklyn. So Zach, you had a question for Sam. About what yeast lagers? Yeah, well, I was just lagers. curious. With the you know, um, you guys are obviously just brewing lagers. There, are you using multiple strains of lager yeast, or are you uh, kind of living with just one? We use one yeast strain right. uh, for all of the bad things that come with <laughs> making only lagers. Uh, buying yeast like once every <laughs> six to eight weeks is a beautiful thing. That's, That's nice. Sweet. <laughs> are you doing different fermentation profiles? Different firm temps on them we do um it depends a lot on the you know what we're looking for from the beer the german styles we're fermenting lower and slower uh when you look at our really hoppy beers we're trying to get them out of the tanks a little bit quicker so we're fermenting just a little bit warmer so let's talk about lager styles how about this so lagers we like this house lager you're calling it a hellas like some other traditional like styles of beer keller beers vickles are, are you guys really going old school or you're trying to just mix yeah it up? i mean we're trying to do a little bit of everything we've done keller's uh we have a, a partially smoked schwartz beer is part nice. of our year-round portfolio awesome. i think that was one of my favorites on the list yeah smoking dagger smoke it's beautiful yeah. um it's about 10 percent uh vireman beechwood smoke malt uh, other than that it's a really traditional schwartz beer hmm. Um, we've done smokeless dagger before as well, which is just straight short spirit, which I love. Um, 
Yeah, I love that. We stuff do. Too. We do a Dunkel Lager. We do a Meritzen. We do a Doppelbach. We do a Maybach. We do uh, a lot of different. There, I mean, you can only get so far through the traditional German style lagers. It's interesting too. Uh, American craft beer drinkers often don't really pick up on some of the subtle differences between styles so we'll do you know at the same time we have a pilsner a helles and a maybach on in the beer hall right now and we get a lot of people in the beer hall who you really have to give them all three side by side to get them to come through some of the differences between the styles and so much of the different styles of german brewing are really subtle differences um so trying to bring teach people some of that subtlety as opposed to american styles american craft like (laughs) subtlety is not exactly what are you talking about (laughs) (laughs) the first concern amongst american craft brewers typically sam where are you guys in massachusetts uh framingham massachusetts just west of boston it sounds like fun. So, gentlemen, now you guys at KCBC, you guys pour, pour your beer. And I'll take a little moment to introduce. So, Pete, to me, you're one of the the faces of New York City beer because I, I saw you at, at Finback, Rockaway. Tell us a little bit about, about yourself. And if you don't want to, Zach will tell us about it because <laughs> he wants to talk. Zach's good at talking. Um, uh, yeah, I've been in the brewing scene for a while here i guess started out at greenpoint beer works brooklyn brewery finback brewery and rockaway now kcbc um i guess yeah like zach said earlier home brewing was my start got the bug got it bad and then i knew no you're a real pro and whenever i see pete i'm like whoever whoever he's brewing that brewery is going to be solid so congratulations man and this other guy tony over here so what you you, you got trained at starbucks (laughs) that's what it says in the notes that was a long time ago oh hey that's how i learned how to run a business uh you know managing coffee shops um but yeah um actually one of my first craft beers was uh when I first started there, they, they they all of a sudden showed up with cases of a beer that Starbucks uh, had Starbucks coffee and a beer that Red Hook made before Red Hook uh, became what they are now. So that was kind of a I mean like yeah it was twenty like years a, ago or something. yeah no oh this was twenty years ago at this point uh, yeah people didn't know what coffee and beer together was even could be good that was actually ninety six <laughs> <laughs> yeah so um yeah See, so Sam I, you're in the room with the old guys. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so um, no yeah, same thing. Start off as a hobby, you know, home brewing, and quickly realized like I knew I wanted to start a business someday. I kind of had that entrepreneurial spirit and decided want to you know want to open a brewery someday. Went to brewing school, uh, learned that, and then um, got a brewery, got a got a job flipping kegs at Greenpoint Beer Works and worked my way. Kelly up. Taylor, yeah, yeah, Kelly Taylor, the sensei of New York City. Um, <laughs> And worked my way up to being the the lead brewer there, and um, I was there almost three years, I think, and uh, left there in November to do KCBC full time and um, working on finishing this brewery up. That's great. And then Zach, for you, so it's Kings County Brewers Collective. So w- w- what's the collective aspect? That you had some other ideas originally. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, I think the. Uh, the w- 
the original plan was that it would be more of kind of a brewery incubator um, and that it would kind of be just more of a, a physical space. New York City's tough, man. I mean, real estate is ridiculously expensive. You need a lot of space to, you know, brew on a large scale, and that's where it becomes efficient and actually profitable. Um, so the idea originally um, that I think Tony actually came up with was that this could be kind of this co-op, you know, multiple, you know, uh, a brewery, you know, c- you know, companies could come out of the same place and use the same facilities. Logistically, even running that is is really complicated. And you know, um, I think there were five people originally. A couple people left. Uh, a couple more people joined. They left. Ended up with um, Tony and Pete. And and I actually was actually working with another partner of mine on on a space in in, in Manhattan. Real estate there fell through. And I knew these guys and felt like you know, huh, this could be actually a really good fit. You know, Pete's got a, a background in science. Um, worked in a lab for a long time before he started a brewery. Tony's been, you know, business owner or sorry, you know, running some Manager. businesses, managing businesses. And um, I worked in advertising and marketing for a really long time. So it felt like between that and we all have to make beer, if we all work together, we can still have separate kind of recipe design. And that's kind of how we're planning to operate is that we're each going to rotate, you know, who gets to come up with what the next beer is. But we're going to all work together to make really good beer. You know, it's going to be about quality and variety and then hopefully a community as well. I think you guys hit it because I remember when you first were t- – how long have you been talking about this collective? Oh, At least God. two years, right? Oh, longer than that. I mean, Pete and I met um, five years ago um, and soon after started talking about – this idea and um yeah it's morphed i mean as we started you know as we start drawing up a business plan and you know you know as, as much as it's a, a passion project we, you also have to run a business you know and as we kind of you know start crunching the numbers and looking at what margins are we realized oh we've got to we've got to brew more beer if we're gonna actually be able can, to can do I this tell in you new york why city I'm, <laughs> I'm glad you guys are where you are today because originally i just thought oh Collective, it sounds like, oh, a bunch of homebrewers are going to kind of self-promote themselves to be pros. And, and I think this is way better because you guys are, are a great team, and I know you guys make good beer. And we're, and we're also just down the street here in Bushwick, which is also a really exciting you know, opportunity for us. You know, we're, um, we, we looked forever for, for real estate, and um, you know, this neighborhood has a long tradition of brewing, and, and um, you know, we're excited to you know, fall things continue, knock on wood. Um, we'll be the first brewery to, real wood to, Rio, to, to open in, in Bushwick and operate in this neighborhood in 30 years. So I think that'll be kind of okay, cool. Okay, so Zach and Cruz, so we got some tough taste. We got Ambicera and Sam from Jack's Abbey. This is the first time we're all tasting your beer. This is a pilot brew that uh, Pete brewed. Pete, you want to tell us a little bit about this beer? It's a, Yeah, it's a 7.4% Saison, simple malt bill, uh, Pilsner, and white wheat, about 20% white wheat. It's French Saison yeast, fermented at 72, and it has some pomelo and lime zest in the boil. Okay. Other than that, it's just bittering hops. Very simple beer. Nice. It's lovely. Super refreshing, too. Yeah, there's a lot of complexity. And this is the kind of beers that I love to have on, you know, at bars because they're so welcoming and they're not going to scare anyone. They're complex and they're elegant, but it's not like, oh, my God, what is this thing? You know, it's a very easy sell. Well done. We have, we have a lot of those, what is this thing beers, too, that we <laughs> Yeah, really refreshing. Did you say 7%? It's 7.4, yeah. It's kind wow. of a sleeper. Yeah. I did That's another one impressive. at the same time I did a 5% kind of doing a comparison. And a lot, a lot of what we want to try to be able to do, I mean, it's going to take tanks and, and time, but, you know, we, we really want to focus on, you know, being able to help educate people. And, and again, we're, we're going to be working behind the bar, talking about the beers that we're making there. I think that's one of the great things about being in a brewery as opposed to, 
you know, just going to a bar. Although I love going to bars. Um, you know, <laughs> being able to, to talk to the people who make the beer, uh, I think it's kind of a cool thing. So, Are you going to open it up to more collaborations with, uh, you know, outsiders? Yeah, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's, you know, one of our big focuses is collaborating, you know, and I think traditionally brewers are always collaborating with brewers, you know, and we're really interested in not only doing that because that's super fun, but, you know, doing collaborations with all kinds of people, whether it's chefs or artists or musicians, you know, like, I, you know. My favorite band comes to town. I want to hit them up and be like, you guys should come by the brewery. We should make a beer together. Yeah, look what Gun Hill's doing with uh, Hamilton. I mean, there's so many different ways to collaborate. Well, tell us about that, Ann. Well, I just know enough that the Happy Hour guys had this idea, you know, to have different local breweries collaborate with different Broadway shows and then use it for, you know, several different causes and for good, you know, good causes and... That's I think awesome. it's so, and of course, so, so we're so, going to start so with Gun Hamilton. Hill's making like, a beer with Hamilton. Gun the Hill cast is, of Hamilton. Yep. Well, maybe not the whole cast, but with them as yeah. Wow. I know. You have anything like that going on in the Boston area? Brewers no. collaborating. Never, never. We do. We do collaborate generally with other brewers. Uh, that kind of piques my interest here and I'm really curious Let's to hear how that goes. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Sam. But you guys have like you're like the Framingham mass, that's like kind of like the New England Patriots. Like Rob Gronkowski, <laughs> is he making a beer? Oh, wait, uh, <laughs> I uh, I don't think Rob Gronkowski's <laughs> style is necessarily craft beer. Um, yeah, I. Enough about so. football, don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, the, and all, you guys are making lagers, and this is a great saison. So, I I, I feel that that those are both two styles that are, are people are really going to be open to. I mean, are you seeing more saisons, Anne? Yeah, and that's a style that we always keep on. And it's just, again, it's they're so complex and they're so lovely, but they're not scary or they're not too intimidating. And, you know, it works for people on all levels. If you can mm-hmm. notice, like you were saying, those little subtleties that someone like, you know, people like us would really appreciate, but it's not going to go over, you know, a more novice drinker's head. So it works. I know Zach brought more beers, too. I did, I did. Uh, Next up on deck is a strawberry guava Berliner Weiss, which is, uh, you know. (laughs) Uh, Also, I would would say, you know, approachable, um, although it's it's definitely tart. So, you know, um, we'll open that next. Yeah, and the air conditioner is broken in here, so that's perfect for us. (laughs) Nice and refreshing. So, Zach, so you guys, you can do the popping and pouring, but, um, you know, when you roll out of the gate, I'm sure you'll be open by summer of 2016. Correct. Um, what are some of your first beers going to be? Yeah, some of our um, yeah we, we kind of first beers we got kind of eight that we're looking to launch with. I mean, like Zach had talked about, you know, we're looking at having a wide variety of beers and um, Pete's you know, got the list. Yeah, Pete's got the list. Um, so we're looking at we're going to launch with an IPA, uh, double IPA, um, uh, hoppy single malt single hop pale ale. Um, Lemon zest saison, hundred uh, percent Brett saison. Uh, that's coming from Mr. Zach Kinney over here. He's uh, loves loves those. The, what the about funk. fruit and beers? This is a strawberry Berliner Weiss. Yeah. So then, so there's we're going to do a raspberry Berliner. Um, that's going to be one of the launch beers, and then uh, we're going to do a Grotzer as well. Hundred percent oak smoked wheat. Um, real awesome. sessionable summer beer. Bobs are flying. Um, so we're looking at you know we're we're going to be launching in June. You know, so as you notice, our, our lineup's pretty summer focused. Um, it's nothing dark in the lineup. Um, you know, so I think once once fall rolls around, we'll start you know easing into some of the bigger maltier stuff. But I think we're going to have a a, a nice uh, nice crushable summer lineup. 
And, it's pretty uh, nice, isn't it? Jack Abbey style. We're doing a Pilsner too. Oh, I about forgot. There we go. Right. What hops are you using in the hop back for the pills? Well, uh, something unusual. Something a little bit different. Um, you know, we're, we're we're playing around. I mean, we're looking. You know, we original idea was some heritage sauce from upstate New York. Uh, we're trying to see if we can get enough of it. But nice. um, if not that, then something um, I think pretty awesome. Good stuff. Out of the box. All right, we're gonna take a short break. We're back in a few minutes on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yes. <laughs> More music from Teeth People. We'll be right back on Beer Sessions. Welcome back to Beer Sessions Radio on the Heritage Radio Network. Guess what's happening? May 3rd, Tuesday night. The cast of Hamilton's no. coming here no. with Gun Hill and Jimmy Lubbock. Is that happening, Ann? Did you organize that? I don't that? think that's happening. Just yet. Let's hold off. I don't want to And maybe it. we'll... We can't give a Hamilton ticket giveaway, but... <laughs> think about these don't Broadway shows. Is when they do the giveaways, you still have to buy the ticket. I'm fine you know? with that. I'm hey, trying. Yeah. If, you, if, if you can buy a ticket to that show, that's, yeah. that's yeah, an accomplishment. Maybe one day we'll do like a... You know, uh, some other president who liked beer. <laughs> oh, the Obama <laughs> show when he retires. Obama exactly. will invite homebrewers to Broadway, and that'll be a show. Oh, that's perfect. You guys yeah. will be rocking. Obama can come Let, let's, it, let's talk about fruit and beer, because you guys made a strawberry Berlin of ice. Right. And I've noticed there's a lot of IPA. Let's just go off. A lot of IPAs, like Victory has an agave IPA with what? Grapefruit. Grapefruit. Mm-hmm. And uh, I had another one. Uh, Southern Tier had one the other day. What do you guys think about... It seems like you know Ballast Point has a pineapple sculpin or whatever. Jack what Savvy has a whole whole lineup of fruity uh, barrel aged. Yeah, we've been yeah. playing around with fruit for a long time. It's not something we've ever really done on a large scale, um, but on the smaller scale, uh, we love it with sour beers. You know, after something has aged for a really long time on wood. Super, super dry. Get a little bit of fruit on it at the end. Give it a little bit more sweetness right before it goes into the bottle. Um, but we've also been playing around with Leisure Time, our uh, our wheat lager, uh, doing that with Blood Orange. And that's actually, for the last month, our number one seller in the beer hall. It, it's, um, I mean, it's nice. This, even the strawberry Berliner Weiss I is nice. I could drink this all day. But yeah. what, how do you, and, how do you work with fruit and beer? Next month we have a cranberry Berliner Weiss coming we, we know about you know, like some lambics, but how do you make beer with fruit? I mean, the cool thing is that you can do it in many ways, just like hops. You know, Sometimes you know, you'll, you'll, you have early edition hops, late edition hops, a dry hop. You can work with fruit the same way, which is cool. I mean, you can, you can, you can have fruit in your boil. You can throw fruit into the whirlpool. You can put it in the fermenter. You know, so and you kind of get a different result depending on where you put it you know, into the process. Last week yeah, I was up in uh, Hudson Valley. I was at Plan B. You guys know Plan B. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. So cool. He's in awesome Poughkeepsie, stuff. and you know, he had a beer called Bartlett, and he was like, it was a sour beer, and at the end he puts in pears. Mm-hmm. That's oh, that sounds great. I you can try that. zest it too. You know, it's not just the pulp or the juice or. 
So how, how did, what did you guys do with strawberries with this Berliner Weiss? So this was um, uh, some. This was a little, a uh, little less than a pound per gallon of, uh, of strawberry puree um, that had been flash pasteurized. Um, I mean, I love to work with with raw strawberries and natural strawberries too. Um, they're a little messier, um, uh, but they're awesome. Um, they're a light fruit in terms of the flavor, and it takes a lot of them to get enough uh, strawberry flavors. Um, so this also has some guava as well, which I think um, actually works really well with the two. Um, so guava is a very intense fruit, and you, you learn that depending on which fruits you use. You know, some of them are on the, you know, you take a lot, you know, of, of your stone fruits, your mango, your nectarine, peaches. It takes a lot of strawberries to get a flavor addition. Your more your berries, stra- you know, raspberries, um, blackberries, um, cherries, guava. These other fruits have a lot more kind of you know bang for the buck. So pairing those two together, I think, works really well here. Can I, can I ask a question about fruit beers from you guys? A technical question: Is it more difficult to do? I mean, this probably is obvious, but to do fruit beers on a larger scale, you know, with the consistencies of like the sugars and the fruit and it being a live product and bacteria. I mean, I feel like there's so many factors that. You mean versus what, about doing a small batch or a large? Yeah, batch? like just that. You know, it's it's just something for as far as consistency. It's got to be really tough to produce fruit beers on a huge scale if you're using actual live product. Or like yeah, for us, it's uh, it's always been something we're a little bit scared of scaling up fruit beer when you uh, lose control once it goes out into distribution. So we've never really done a large scale distributed fruited beer. Yeah, it can be tricky. I mean, you know, if you're if you're not fully, you know, if you haven't fully attenuated, there's still sugar left in there, and if it's bottle condition, that can be uh, not a good thing. Um, Scaling it up might be difficult, and stratification. If you're trying to do a 200 barrel batch and you fruit it, and you, then you keg it off, you're going to get different levels of fruit in there, unless you find some way of like recirking or whatever to keep the fruit in suspension. So definitely, it's a problem. Yeah, I haven't heard of. A ton of breweries that are doing fruited beers at significant scale who aren't using extracts. Or using extract, got it. Yeah. So what about something like a Ballast Point, like pineapple? Extract. Sco- that's yeah. extract. Well, they won't officially say, right? Okay, <laughs> I, think, I didn't know no, that no, they wouldn't saying, officially say. <laughs> oh, the secret's out. Oh, shit. I'm just saying the official position has been. I mean, there's extracts, and there's, and there's juices, and there's purees, and even even something like, you know, on a, on a smaller scale, uh, you know, on a homebrewing level, using purees is a is a great way of using real fruit, you know, flash pasteurized, so it's, you know, or, in, in, or frozen, or, you know, these things that you, they can get a better consistency that you might be able to get the product over and over and over and but that's not cool but tell me what make this strawberry berlin vice sound sexy to me because it tastes good i am the strawberry berliner rice <laughs> i love to be in your mouth all right i'm gonna stop, I'm just gonna stop that. the reason i brought up fruit fruit and especially in ipas is i was skeptical at first but like the victory agave ipa with grapefruit i liked it yeah and i mean you're playing up a lot of those flavors and hops have fruit Lean, yeah. lean towards fruit flavors anyway, and it's association with what we're used to. So it just seems like a natural extension. And if it's done well, I say more power. To, you know, this yeah. is killer. And so, again, just like anything, if it's done well, it's done well. Yeah. It's totally yeah. going to say not. the same thing, yeah. It's like, especially with the hop shortage these days, get some fruit in there that have the same notes as the hops, accentuate the fruit and the hops together, and it's a win. The Belgians have been doing it for a little while, so I think it's okay, you know, to, to do it. It's nothing new. <laughs> Belgians have been doing it. Germans have been doing it. Polish people have been doing it with syrups. Um, 
It's nothing new. But. Let's do a Boston versus New York thing. So, oh, okay. oh man. Well, no, it's going to be a general Uh-oh. question. So, Sam. Jack, can you play Jay-Z? So, we go up to Boston. Yeah. And, you know, we're, we're hanging out with you, and we want to kick back and drink something other than Jack's Abbey. What, what, are, what are some breweries and beers that, that you like to drink when you're up in Massachusetts? Um, you know, Night Shift is doing some really awesome stuff. Trillium just built a new brewery. They are making some gave a thumbs up. really, really awesome beer. Yeah. Um, there's a, a really fun local brewing scene that's really starting to kick ass up there. Um, but at the end of the day, I'll probably go back to a, you know, a guy who's been there what seems like forever now, Cambridge Brewing Company, a brew pub in Cambridge that's got, I don't know when they opened, but I was probably like seven years old. <laughs> and um, They have a good lager too. They they have a lot of great beer. They actually, uh, they're Pilsner. They come and pick up yeast from us every month. So uh, we have a, a strong affinity for their pills. Um, but, yeah, you know, they brew great beer and probably some of the, the best beer on the East Coast. I That's think. a great recommendation. And, gentlemen, uh, pop one more of your KCBC. Sure. And you guys tell me, so, Pete, when you're kicking back in New York, I know you worked at a lot of breweries. What's a beer that you'd you'd recommend to our listeners? Oh God, from New York. on the spot here. Uh, <laughs> damn it! It's not it's not a marriage. It's not a lifetime choice. <laughs> uh, one you had the other day. I don't know. Really, Brooklyn Lagers pretty solid. They're making it down here in Brooklyn now too. Like, <laughs> but there's a million beers I drank. It depends on the mood. Depends on the weather. But, I mean, we just drank, uh, you know, Greg down at Threes is making killer beers, and his Pilsner, I mean... Pete's just, like, I forgot about just, that. Just knocks it out of the park. I, I love take that it back, beer. Threes Pilsner. <laughs> it's a good one. It's, it's, uh, it's, uh, it's crushable. It's, it's, you know, I mean, again, we're, we're, uh, we're talking to lager brewers here, so I'm sure they well, know. I tell you, when I walked in, one thing about Roberta's is that they have some great beers on draft, and we walked in, and Tony greeted me. He had a picture of the Threes Vliet Pilsner, and... Uh, yeah. I guess everybody likes Pilsners these days. Yeah, so let's hope so. And so Sam and Tim, so now you guys are coming to New York. Tonight, actually, after the show, if you're listening live, you guys are going to be at what, Hops Hill? We will be. Come on, Tim. We will be. Yes, we'll be there from my And six, you're right near Justin's house, and it's kind of easy in Clinton Hill. And Yeah. No, Justin, great. I know Justin's going there after the show. Let's just go to Justin's house, viewers or listeners. <laughs> yeah. Let's go. Yeah. And, then, and then you have other things. Tell us the other events you have happening in New York uh, Yes, we'll be at uh, As Is tomorrow night, and that's in uh, Hell's Kitchen, so we're definitely excited for that. going to have a few beers on there. And then um, Thursday night we'll be at uh, Judy at Punch up in Astoria. And then what? By May, you're going to be like fully uh, yes, in the, uh, the first week. Of, sorry, the second week of May, right after CBC, uh, the week of May 9th, uh, we'll, we'll have the full lineup out. So, um, doing some of these launch events to get some stuff out there, get some exposure, kind of get the idea of like what the full. So, brand so you guys, is. I know. So KCBC, they're brand new. They're they're still going to get the brew open. But for you guys, you know, you started in 2011 in Massachusetts. What's it been like? You going to different states, and and, and you know, what's your approach? It's uh, it's interesting. When we started out, we didn't approach it differently, uh, and we had so much success in Massachusetts. We just said, "Let's do the same thing," and we found we need to be a lot better at what we do as we go farther from home. There's a there's a strong pull to local, and just when you're there, you're part of the community. You know where you should be selling. It's it's a lot easier when you're local. Uh, it's a lot easier to make a connection directly to the people who are buying your beer, too. Uh, so 
now as we've kind of learned from this a little bit, the the idea for us is to be a lot more focused on what we want to build. We want to build house logger into a real everyday logger that anybody who enjoys a golden logger will have in the rotation. And Hot Ponius Union the same way into a beer anybody looking for a beautiful hoppy beer is ready to, you know, think about and pull. So that, you know, it's it's hard getting away from home and losing control. We, you know, we have a very close relationship with our distributor who is literally a block away from us in Massachusetts. And uh, having, when you, the farther away from home you are, you, the farther away you send your beer, the less control you have over it. And the more work you need to do at being good at every little step of the process from brewing great beer, packaging, really great beer and uh making sure it's sold in a responsible great, man. way welcome to new york city and, and good luck and definitely if, if you're listening live check out hopsill if you don't check it out tonight you're not listening live hopsill and clinton hill which is a uh, it's like F- fulton avenue right near waverly it's a great place great beer bar and you guys starting up what's this next beer because I, I know it's I already a little hoppy as a great brewer and i know tony and zach you guys are great home brewers so what is this beer uh, so this is a, an IPA, in case you can't smell it. Um, it's hoppy, um, and it's also hoppy. So uh, this is um, about six six one. It's a little on the lo- lighter side of the IPA spectrum in terms of ABV. Um, a big, um, uh, sorry, bittering addition of Chinook, um, and then a, and, and a little bit of Simcoe, just because that's all I had left. And then a big late addition. It's, uh, it's a good IPA. Let's jump it. Azaka Next and thing, Citra. <laughs> I want uh, Sam. You guys ask these new guy, new kids on the block a question, and then Zach, you're going to ask Sam a question about. Are you guys going to distribute your beer, or is it all going to be uh, sold right out the front door? Um. Some of both. Um, most of it's going to be distributed. We'll self-distribute. Um, great thing about New York State is we can self-distribute up to I think sixty thousand barrels. Um, so yeah, we're gonna we're gonna focus on the five boroughs here. Uh, at I launch. can't see how you could distribute more than sixty thousand barrels. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean that's starting a whole other business. So um, yeah, we'll self-distribute. Um, we're gonna have kegs going out to bars and restaurants. Um, we're gonna have a tap room space in the brewery here in Bushwick where we're gonna. Um, we're gonna have crawlers, uh, nice big thirty-two ounce cans to go of everything, anything we have on draft. Um, we're gonna be canning sometime this summer, um, so we'll be getting um, beer that people can come to the tap room and uh, buy six packs or four packs or cases uh, of beer to go. So, um, yeah, look out for us in the, the five boroughs uh, this right, summer. You guys asked uh, one last question to Sam. Uh, so, Sam, you, yeah, I'm, I'm looking at these cans, and I've, I've seen your beer in bottles before. When did you guys start canning? Was that a, um, an easy decision? Was that a hard decision? Was there any logistical concerns about that? Yeah, so we just started canning earlier this year, um, and the biggest consideration was space. Uh, we just built a brand new brewery. We are happy to have a whole bunch of space now. And without that, it just wouldn't be feasible to bring in five different SKUs of cans and, and go after it. Yeah. Great. And you want to ask one more question of these guys? 
Uh, yeah, can I pre-order that strawberry? <laughs> yeah. Maybe. I'll do a pre-order for that It was one. great. Thank you very much. We're actually going to be offering some CSB memberships. Uh, keep an eye on our website. Oh, what's the membership cool. thing? You guys sent us crib notes, and I said, yeah. I'm not, you have to tell me what's in your okay, crib notes. No so, one ever yeah. sent crib notes before, Ann. Well, you know. Uh, we try to be prepared. Uh, so uh, we're, we're um, uh, it's community-supported brewery membership. So what, the way it works is you're going to um, pay up front um, you know, a very reasonable rate, and you're going to get beer throughout the year. Um, including um, crowler fills, uh, discounts on merchandise, special events, things like that. Be able to pre-order beer for special releases, um, like the strawberry guava Berliner Weiss when it comes out. So All right. keep an eye out. And I'll tell you, a big plug for Roberta's, the home here of Heritage Radio Network. And they have great beers on draft. I mean, came in today, had a whole farm set, other half, we had the Three's Pills. And uh, keep up the good work, guys. And if, if you're a listener, if you want to come check out our show, we're pretty much every Tuesday at 5 p.m. You're welcome. You know, Email us, jimmypotsandpans at gmail.com. You're welcome to come and sit in on the show. We've got some friends that have done that from Sweden and England, uh, and you always can. And in closing, I'd like to thank our sponsors at Union Beer Distributors who have helped to bring this podcast to you tonight. Thanks to Zach, Pete, Tony, Sam, Tim, and Ann for joining me here on the Heritage Radio Network. I'm Jimmy Carboni. Thanks to our producers, Maggie Side and Justin Kennedy, and engineer extraordinaire, Jack Inslee. We'll see you next time on Beer Sessions Radio. All right, yeah! Thanks for listening to this program on heritageradionetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.